The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of Burning Man Project. Common side effects include moderate to severe confusion, partial enlightenment, utopianism, surrealism, situationism, and wild-eyed enthusiasm. If you have frequent thoughts of a transformative nature, you should continue listening immediately. Ask your life coach if you are spiritually healthy enough for this podcast. This is the Burning Man Philosophical Center. I'm Caveat. Crimson Rose created many of Burning Man's most prominent rituals, a process which she said was really discovering them, seeing what inspired people, and then engaging with it. The stakes are high because when Crimson performs rituals, she's literally playing with fire. If it goes right, awe and wonder for tens of thousands of people can follow. If it goes wrong, people can get burned. But it's worth it because for Crimson, ritual is what sets the conditions by which you can approach the sacred. Ritual isn't the sacred, it's the act of preparing for that encounter. And if the conditions are right, if you've actually prepared well, then you encounter something amazing and unpredictable and full of potential. Crimson Rose talks to us about ritual, about the experience of the sacred on the playa, and shares stories about how many of Burning Man's most notable rituals emerged. Stay with us. So I think the question to ask is, what's, what's a ceremony? Mm-hmm. What's ritual? What's sacred? Mm-hmm. I think if we repeat something long enough, it becomes a tradition. It becomes second nature. When I started playing with fire, handling fire, I had no idea the direction I was going. Mm-hmm. And I think with any of it, it has to do with intention. Mm-hmm. You know, if your intention is not correct, nothing really is going to happen. There's a lot of different rituals that happen on the playa, but I think there are moments of sacredness in everyone's life if their spirit and their mind and their physicality is all together. Mm-hmm. I think if, if one of those was missing, it probably isn't happening. But I think, I think people could actually be in a sacred place in the middle of a crowd. Right. Um, I think it's what a person is um, focused on um, could be just a simple walk, like walking a labyrinth. You can walk the labyrinth, but if your intention's not there, it's just walking. Right. Sometimes that a simple aspect of meditation. I think that's the same thing with anything that's sacred. What you relish, what you hold dear to yourself. And sacredness can be happening on a one within yourself, or it can be happening with 70,000 people when we stand waiting for the man to be released. Mm-hmm. When I think about the different things that happen in Black Rock City between opening ceremony and lighting the cauldron to the procession, to the fire conclave, dancing and setting the stage, setting intention, to releasing the man, all the way to going back and collecting the ashes, each one of those feels like a ritual. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of doing that, it feels like sacred space. Right. And sometimes it's not about 
about realizing you're you're in a sacred space. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's really hard when you put a put labels like that on something. And anything I was doing as as I was sort of learning my own art in that way, I never thought of it as as creating sacred space. Right. Or the woman who taught me how to handle fire you know, getting my fingers wet with a little bit of rubbing alcohol and pulling the flame off. Certainly, when I did that the first time, something changed in me, or something I recognized within mm -hmm. myself. Um, and it wasn't until later, as the repeating of something that happens seems to maybe give it more power, Again, you know, the more that you repeat something, mm -hmm. the more power you end up and more intention you put on it. Right. You know. I think you're on to something when you say, I mean, that's a really heavy burden to put on something to say, okay, we're going to be sacred now. Or we're going to do something something sacred now. That I can see that just killing it. Yeah, yeah. By Sometimes by naming it, mm -hmm. I think it will c kill it. Um, by dissecting it and trying to figure out what is sacred you know it's 70,000 people each have their own sacredness within them and so I think sometimes it's sort of I think the scientific you know you want to understand what that word means or what that feeling is and sometimes you end up killing it mm -hmm. where there where there are no word, words for it why we also don't say this is what burning man means if you leave it open wide enough, then the possibility of everything coming into it. Right. Especially people who see things and going and tell you what they saw. And <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, that's great. <laughs> and that's just valid as right. as as your yeah, interpretation. No, they've, they've had they've had this amazing epiphany that I never could have given them. That you know that uh, they came to them simply because they they came and brought and saw what they saw without any encumbrance. From, yeah. Yeah. What, why it, it's the same thing when people say, "Oh my God, you changed my life," and I go, "No, no, 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 you changed your life." Same when I saw the man at Fort Mason in '91, and they were pulling him up on the rope. Mm -hmm. I'm going, I could have gone, "Oh, oh, what, oh, what the fuck?" and run away, but something recognized that I had to go to the desert, mm -hmm. that I was compelled to go gather the ashes because I just knew I had to do something. I had to, I, that's unspoken. Mm -hmm. When you're driven, so they may not even understand why you're doing something at the moment. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, that makes me really curious and I, I, wanna, I wanna get back to you know what we're, we're planning to talk about, but when, when you talk about these different elements of the, the, the ritual of, you know, from lighting the cauldron to the, the gathering of the, the ashes. I mean, that that wasn't something that you said. Okay, you know, I'm going to I'm going to create this now. It sort of evolved or, organically, didn't it? I mean, yeah, it totally. Or, I mean, being a fire dancer before I even came to Burning Man, and approaching fire dance as opposed to what's happening now, which is great. Things mm -hmm. evolve. Right. Um, it was being compelled to really. And and is it the location? That does it. I mean, Black Rock City moves around, so it's 
within the within this context of Black Rock City, even if it physically moves around, mm-hmm. there's something about power spots. Yeah. You're saying this year, this is what's happening, this is location, uh, and the act of doing, as opposed to thinking about it. No, so mm-hmm. those two things, doing it means you're not really thinking about it, because when you think about something, you have to stop and go, now I'm doing this where it's just becomes automatic. Right. Right. It, it sounds it sounds to me in many ways that like when you talk about this this process of being feeling compelled to do something, which is which is certainly something. I mean I've 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 felt that before, but it sounds like in many ways you were not so much feeling like you were creating the sacred, although on a nuts and bolts level, I mean certainly you ended up creating the ritual so but but it's finding it and then figuring yes. out how to how to relate to it. Yes. And how to bring that feeling up in yourself again. Mm-hmm. Um, does everything have to be right? Do you have to hold your mouth a certain way? One of the years where, I mean, trying trying to get the sun to cooperate and light a fire, sometimes a cauldron was lit by Bic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or it's just if I would have waited, you know, a couple of minutes, I would have had a good sun. Or the way, the year that it rained, and it's like, oh, mm. get me a torch. I don't care. It's like... To maybe have a sense of amusement and not take it so seriously. Mm-hmm. To uh, there was one time when I was dancing by myself and I had I had this sort of gold miner's pan which is uh, pretty large and sort of flat. Well, I had a fire going in it, not a big fire, and I was circling very fast around it while the fire started rotating the way I was going and eventually just lifted off the plate and disappeared. Wow. It was just like, oh, I'll never be able to repeat that. <laughs> People will have to take my word for it. <laughs> but there's there's moments of, of being touched by spirit, being a vehicle mm-hmm. for a spirit. You know, it's like the subconscious of how things are are happening and then how things change and how they stay the same. There seems to be this underlying current, um, especially when when the flame that's been burning all week long from El Diablo is transferred in the Lumiferas and we start this procession, this energy, the feeling of this energy as I'm leading the procession and walking towards the great circle because I know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's like the man waits in silence. And no matter what the weather can be like, it can be crazy before, it can be crazy afterwards, but there's something about we've always been able to light the man. Mm-hmm. And is it is it us setting things in motion that makes it? Do you have to set things a certain way? Do you have to be in force? Do you have to do a certain dance for that to happen? I think for some people that might work. I'm going to dance this way and this is how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Or the whirling dervishes, and I've done, I've done that with a specific dance I have, um, where you're, you're spinning and you're spinning and, and after a while, energy comes out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this undercurrent 
it's almost like being a split personality because I can physically, I'm walking and the fire performers are there ready to accept the flame as the Lumiferous transverses, circumnavigates the circle and the energy that happens from that. In a way, it's, it is like preparing for us to continue. It's like you have, I think with anything, any ritual, any, anything sacred, you are, you are really, or any kind of ceremony, you're setting the stage so that everything is right. Mm -hmm. Where your, your mind is right, do you need a scent to help you, do you need color around you, are you in the darkness, you're lighting a candle, are you in the bright sun? Um, and then can you can you hold on to that in mm -hmm. your mind while your while your physicality maybe is doing something else right you know right. and then of course once you light the fuse who knows yeah <laughs> which in a certain way there has to be a little bit of a mystery to things because we don't thank goodness we don't know all of it yeah you know well no, and I know I really think that if you are approaching the the sacred whatever that might be to you you know metaphysical or just you know psychological that you're right there has to be some open-ended quality towards it because it once you have complete you know algorithmic explanatory power over it, i know exactly what's going to happen and it's all laid out then yeah it, it does i mean the, it's no longer sacred in the same way there's there's if it can't move you yeah yeah um one of the things that I, when i've been teaching handling fire especially at uh envision i had to preface it by saying this is not a party trick mm -hmm. um that you can't have an ego over fire because i have burnt myself because of i've got this i know exactly what i'm doing and that's when the fire will bite you is it ha being being humble to the ritual being humble almost as if I'm bringing the fire to light. Mm -hmm. And there has to be a little bit of humbling to do that. Um, I've almost set things, lots of things on fire because I wasn't paying attention. Oh my goodness, I have to tell you, Will and I were doing this photo shoot. He's got a Santa Claus beard on. He's got a torch in his hand. I'm kneeling on two stools. I'm holding two goblets of fire. He's going to blow fire between my legs. And we were doing this, trying to do this Christmas shot. And the, the look on her faces was like, <gasps> it was, you know, it was like we were, we were, we were trying, you were trying too hard, mm -hmm. you know, just really trying way too hard yeah. to do something. And we almost set the studio on fire. <laughs> Well, you're right, and I hadn't thought of this at all, but no, in, the, in these kinds of rituals, yeah, I mean, the, the, the consequences to doing something wrong are, are steep. I mean, you're, you're literally playing with fire. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, and when fire performer, I mean, it's a little different, you know, when you're using poi or staff, it's a little different, but still, you have to be humble to it, or, you know, you know mm -hmm. to me, it's almost as if being a servant to the light, right. to the flame. Mm -hmm. come into it with humbleness. Yeah. Well, I think that really does put you in that appropriate mindset to access the whatever it is that, you know, 
is greater than you that you know that that sacredness again that you can't just reduce to a a formula or a, or a set of predictions whatever it is that uh, so I really like what you're saying about ritual being the setting of things in the the proper place to make that right to to create the conditions that help you access that that that's that's, that's so, sometimes, sometimes it's a, f- a physical thing. Sometimes, it's. I think maybe it's more um, a mental, mm-hmm. more than anything. Even being physical, a physical, not so much your physical self, right? But a physicality, as we've seen, because Black Rock City moves around. Mm-hmm. So we're saying, well, we had to be in this place, but I think that place is always in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever that is. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but do, doing what you have to do, setting condi- the conditions so that you can access that humility, that sense of something greater than yourself, yes. that whatever, yes. that whatever the sacred is. That's, yes. Yeah. Especially, I think on on burn day, there's an anticipation of of what's to come, mm-hmm. and hoping that he won't fall too early. Right, that that he will descend. There's something very strange about over the years because I've you know it's sort of anticlimactic because he falls down before he's totally burnt up. And in the in early stages, the the fire guys used to um, stomp on the wires and made him do this dance Mm. that was really quite amazing as if he was alive and then he would just and that would actually help it burn more and help whatever's burning to crack mm-hmm. and then he would just sort of crumble into pieces which to me was much more liberating than uh, than having him half mm-hmm. immolated and falling down to me that just felt like so negative, yeah. so yeah. anticlimactic, as opposed to just it disintegrating it in, into nothing, like mm-hmm. a phoenix. Mm-hmm. No, I can I can imagine that. Being, yeah, that yeah. Really, I, I have I have to say, the the first time, actually the only time I was, I was ever in the the inner circle, I had expected to be underwhelmed. You know, I mean, there there's so many things in life that you know you see, oh, it's you know, you it's build up right, <laughs> and so I, I really was I really was expecting to say, well, yeah, okay, that was that was nice and. <laughs> was I was I wrong? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely overwhelming, and it it strikes me you're you're absolutely right that there is this this profound moment where at some point all the things have been done, and once you light that fire and put it out there, you really don't know what's going to happen next. That that, that some and I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that because there are, there it's the same thing with Black Rock City here, you know, or. We're doing our jobs, walking down the street, catching the hang. But there, it's like at any moment, any wonderful or any fucked up thing, or the weather's going to come in, mm-hmm. like the year that, I think it was 98, where it was started off a great, beautiful day. I handed off the man to the pyro team, and then we had that all-day whiteout. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Normally, whiteouts are 45 minutes. Right. And this went on and on and going, oh my God, I have to do something I really hate. But And the pyro team was hunkering down in cardboard boxes because they had to stay with their pyrotechnic oh, materials. Yeah. 
And so I had to tell the fire conclave, sorry, it's not going to happen. That guy's full of pyrotechnics. He's got to go first, and then you can die as can dance happen. And some of the, the groups, one group got so pissy that they're no longer in, really invited to come back because they just, they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand. And so at that point, we always have to tell the groups, now, whatever you've been rehearsing might not happen. Right. You know, might just not happen. And I think, th- I mean, that's the other aspect of Black Rock Desert, of being in nature, that, that we're, we're the servants of it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you have to let go of your ego and fix yourself right. a drink, put your goggles on and watch a storm <laughs> go by. And, and then maybe being in the wonder of that, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, where, where does wonder play in all of this? when there's something much bigger than we as humans, which I think that's what it is about standing in the middle of the great circle, where, to me, somebody said this a long time ago, and it was so perfect, the seething mass of humanity Mm -hmm. is focused in one place, and, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, you're really speaking to to something that has always struck me as one of the most important reasons that I keep coming back year after year, which is exactly that I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, it's, it's really a, an environment in which you have no idea what's going to happen just when you cross the street, let alone what's going to happen by, you know, over the course of a day or, or a week. And I really need that in my life because my life, like I think all of our lives, is in many ways, you know, designed through a million small decisions to minimize surprises and the unexpected, and that kills the potential for wonder. Yeah. For, you yeah. know, because the, 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 the amazing, the, the, the sacred, the, the, the psychologically awe-inspiring can't happen when you're, you're minimizing, you know, the, the potential for, for things to happen. Yeah, yeah. Like all of a sudden, a little black dress, they're parading. Oh, great. <laughs> right. Like what? Or, you know, finding... As Will said, like being in a cartoon in, on an art car and there's a, there's a lobster and an upside down cow and it's like, oh my, I'm in an adult cartoon right now. It is, it is about the wonder, mm-hmm. for the possibility of, that anything is actually possible, yeah. that there are things unknown and unseen and to be okay with those. Because I think for some people that scares the hell out of them, mm-hmm. you know. I, I think it is true what you're saying. We do we do want to minimize those things. And I think about the early settlers and everything, where they had to deal with that a mm. long time. But it, but I always thought that they learned they had to cooperate and they had to collaborate with each other to basically survive. And mm-hmm. I think that's I feel like we're more akin to the settlers than. Oh than we are with modern man. That's interesting, yeah. Where at any moment, a plague of locusts could actually come along and eat your crops, or, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there, there, is, there is such a sense of connection to, to people you have out there, including complete strangers, and part of that is that the sense we're all, we're all in this together. Yeah. Yeah. That's... And then what seemed to be the final step, because I'm, I'm a collector of... <clears throat> strange stuff is is realizing oh well, I have to collect 
the ashes. I mean, it was just like, mm. oh, I need to go back. Yeah, I think it was more like, and it was more the next morning, okay, I just, I want to go back to that spot that was the focus of so much energy and, you know, picking up little bits of this and that. And, and I think it was, I think again it was 98. So I used to like get up as early as I could on Sunday morning and there was always so little left. And then 98, where, you know, after the burn, normally I'm just, I'm either wired or I'm, I need to like just go horizontal. Then I thought I'd take one trip to the temple and then I thought, well, okay, I'll stop at the man. And that's where I saw, as I started rummaging, going, oh my God, look at the neon. Oh my God. So that really shifted. And so going back out there at two or three o'clock in the morning so you can get to like the the sweet spot of the fire where the neon is or little little goodies in there mm -hmm. and then just the aspect of collecting that um, is really the, the f sort of the finishing touch of the remnants mm -hmm. of remembering and it and it's and it seems kind of strange because it almost seems foreign. This this jar of whatever that year was, is that the whole year, focused down into one glass jar? No, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like it. There was another incident, you know, because I was I was a fine art model for like twenty seven years. Mm -hmm. With really, there were some really amazing teachers that allowed me to bring my art into it um, would let me bring my projections and I would dance through projections um, one teacher let me um, it, it was called the figure in action and so the poses like were one minute holding dancing holding and dancing it was just so exhilarating of the same thing of being holding that pose that intense pose where the mind is not the inner voice isn't even racing this one one class where i brought my fire into the class and so i'm just kneeling in front of this bowl of fire and the only thing that it's moving are my arms so the te the kids are because everybody's younger than me the kids are drawing that but as I sat there and I focused on the fire, you know, and going in and touching it, and I went somewhere else. I was, I was, I may have physically been there, but mentally and spiritually, I was really somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Somewhere like long ago or futuristic, I just know I was in a totally different place. Mm -hmm. It was like taking myself out of that. And there's something about like focusing on a spot and continue to focus it's almost a form of meditation while your eyes are open to i don't know going somewhere else where you see people where in you know certain movies where they're focusing in and they you've got to hold their body because their body you know maybe they'll come back into their body and maybe they won't <laughs> I think what fire has also done for me, it's also given me faith in myself 
where it's an act of creation. Mm -hmm. How do you enable something? How do you create? How do you destroy? How do you assist your higher self? Do you create? Do you destroy? Is there something within yourself that you need to destroy and get rid of? Is there something you need to do to create to go further? Mm -hmm. Like destroying to me is like, is there a block there? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think about uh, the ovum, that it has to be destroyed mm. to create life. Mm -hmm. So is there something within yourself that you need to get rid of, that you need to set it on fire and, and destroy it? What, which is what I love about the fire, because it has so many different connotations with mm -hmm. destruction and life and calming and sporadic. Um, that sometimes I think if you can channel yourself, the focus, the focus of energy, um, of that intention, I think sometimes for myself it gives me clarity mm -hmm. about the direction to go. Um, but what I've also found within that place of handling fire You, ha you had to be in two places. You had to stay in the physical. Mm. It's like having one toe in the water and reaching. It's right. like you have to, have to stay grounded because there's a potential of burning yourself. Mm -hmm. But it's like how, how long do you handle it? How long does it stay in your hands before your hands... Right. are burnt. Right. Um, so it's being grounded, but still, it's like, like a split personality. Mm -hmm. I think as one ages, I think things change. Um, certainly, the, how do you keep the wonder? As a young child, everything seems amazing. Right. I mean, maybe that's why we're also drawn to Black Rock City, because there is this wonder that I think keeps us sort of alive, keeps mm -hmm. us on our toes. So how, how do we keep that wonder in life so that we were open to the ritual, so that we're open to the sacredness? Mm -hmm. when, we're, when sometimes you have to be so focused because you're making a living to survive and right. getting groceries and... And how do you leave room? I, th I think that's actually part of health. Yeah. You know, how do you keep yourself healthy? How do you leave room enough for yourself so that you can be amazed by the wonder? Mm -hmm. I think by giving something up within yourself I think you can actually receive the wonder. I think if you suspend judgment, there's a way to receive the gift. Mm -hmm. And I always thought of when with handling fire and the manipulation of it, not the control, but the manipulation and bringing it to life and playing with the hands that I felt as if I was the vehicle for it. And to be a vehicle, 
I felt like I was also receiving something from it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's about really diving very deep, like the whole aspect of staring into the fire Mm. and still being physically grounded, but still allowing yourself to be somewhere else. And I think the deeper that I would dive into that sort of always reminded me of a pipe because in the pipe is the more that the heat burns that substance, it turns into oils Mm. and the muck and the sludge. And it's like, that's as if this is where all life really sort of began Mm -hmm. in this sludge and how deep do you have to go into that to sort of emerge, you know, submerge to emerge. How deep within yourself do you have to go to, and it's not about mentally understanding, but I think spiritually understanding how deep you need to go to sort of get away from the ego, get away from the things that are um, are in the way, mm-hmm. the obstructions. And sometimes your mind is the obstruction. Right. You know, sometimes we get in our own way, you know, because we're so busy. All the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to a podcast of the Burning Man Philosophical Center. Our guest has been Burning Man co-founder Crimson Rose. The Philosophical Center is a Larry Harvey production with casting by Stuart Mangrum. Our theme music is by Ariel Cruz, and I'm Caveat. You can send feedback or questions to caveat at burningman.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, remember, belief is thought at rest. <laughs>